0: This is Library Nerds with Words, the podcast that gives you the word on all the cool, nerdy happenings at Peter White Public Library and the library universe beyond. From books and concerts to search engines and story times, the Library Nerds are in and ready to show you that being a nerd can be cool. Get ready. Get set. Get nerdy. Welcome back to Library Nerds with Words, the podcast that gives you the latest word on all the cool things happening at Peter White Public Library and the library universe beyond straight from the mouths of the people who know it best, library nerds. I'm Marty Ackett, Adult Programming Coordinator for Peter White Public Library,
1: and joining me today in the nerd screening room are everyone's two favorite movie nerds, Amanda Pierce from The Teen Zone and Ben Sargent from Tech Services. Welcome back to the podcast, Amanda Ben, It's been a long time since we've sat down to talk movies. It has been. That's my bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The podcast has been delayed, like... Almost two months, and and we will give that at, to Amanda. She was the one. Well, her, life, not, her life got a little complicated, so we had to we had to wait. So, well, I'm always excited to sit down with you guys to talk film. So, as some of our listeners already know, Ben and I are sometimes surprised by some of the movies that Amanda has not seen. For example, Ma- Amanda had never seen It's a Wonderful Life before we watched it this past holiday season, and Amanda had never seen. Casablanca
0: before we watched it last year for another episode. So we decided that we needed to do an episode of the podcast that featured classic
1: movies that Amanda should see. Mm -hmm. Um, You could say that Ben and I I made Amanda an offer she couldn't refuse. Yeah, yeah, there you go. (laughs) But before we start hearing Amanda's opinions about some really, 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 really great movies, I'm, I'm stressing really great movies, we have to play another round of Word
0: on the Nerd, the game where I find out a little bit more about my guest nerds. Now, you both know how this goes. I'm going to ask you three library questions about yourselves, and you have to answer them for the listeners. So, Amanda and Ben, are you ready to play Word
1: on the Nerd? This is going to be a little game of would you rather. I'm going to ask you three would you rather questions, and you have to truthfully answer them for the listeners. And all of the questions today have to do with possible remakes of some classic Hollywood movies. Oh, I Okay, so here we go. Here's your first question: Would you rather watch a remake of Citizen Kane starring Leonardo DiCaprio, or a remake of Citizen Kane starring Austin Butler? <laughs> but Amanda hasn't seen this movie, <laughs> and we did not make you watch this. We no, this we but I will pick Leo. Leo, uh, Leo, Leo, yeah, because Austin Butler's <laughs> not old Well, yeah, but uh, I mean, I. Anderson Wells was like what in his late twenties when he did this. Did that? Yeah, movie? but he's yeah. got to play also older. Yeah, Cain and yeah, but well, you never see you never saw Elvis because he played old Elvis. Austin Butler played he old did. Elvis. Like they aged him well in that movie, but I I'm just so Leo. I mean Well, yeah, I, I I will go with that too. I'm gonna. Also, I'm I'm gonna go okay so leo it is all three of us agree on this one this one next one question we might not all agree on so my favorite one um you know the questions get a little harder so here we go second question would you rather watch a muppet remake of stinging in the rain or a muppet remake of pulp fiction pulp fiction (laughs) <laughs> and Kermit and Miss Piggy. <laughs> yeah, the answer is pulp fiction. Just because you're like, what does that look like? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, who's playing is like who's I'm thinking Pepe. Uh, Well, that's a good. Oh, point. See, David and I discussed this last. Okay, time. let's. Do. and Kermit as the as, main two. Okay, and you have to have Miss Piggy, obviously. As in yeah. A, yeah. That was. Those were our choices. So, but who plays John devolta and who plays Samuel L. Jackson? Yeah. Fozzie as Samuel Jackson. Yeah, I think that's right. And then Kermit is like, you know, with the <laughs> follow yeah. Cheese and Gotta have like the black wig. The black wig and yeah. everything. And then you have Pepe as Marcellus. Yeah, I like that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I will go in with Pulp Fiction too, because I just want to see that. I think The Sing Ring would be good. Yes. It, I mean, it would be entertaining, but like Pulp Fiction would just be flat-off. That'd be insane. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Pulp Fiction wins that one. Okay, so here's your last question. Would you rather watch a remake of Casablanca
0: starring,
1: no. starring <laughs> you, know, you gotta hear this, a remake of Casablanca starring Denzel Washington and Kate Blanchett, or a remake of Casablanca starring George Clooney and Kate Winslet? Okay. First off, <laughs> <laughs> under no circumstances can you re- remake Casablanca. But I see what you did because you put Denzel in there. Yes, and you're like, okay, well, you know, Denzel's gonna be great. Mm-hmm. Um, I was both Denzel and Kate. Yeah, but like, I, it still would, wouldn't be bad. It's still uh, bad. you can't say that you know, it's gonna happen. So you have to. It decide. has to happen. Yes, can we picked Denzel Washington and Kate Winslet. Oh, that's what you want. You I want see that? You know, you know what I just honestly like. Okay, so I think I think that Kate Blanchett has this kind of standoffish thing that you know. I feel like both. I I don't think I would have a British actress at all. Okay. You know my my first thought was like uh, Marion Cotillard oh. might be really good. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, obviously Ingrid Bergman was Swedish. You could have gone with Isabella Rossellini if it was oh, a while right, ago. No. Yeah. Um, But the real answer is no. (laughs) (laughs) George Clooney would play like a really good, like beaten down. He would, you know, because he did in Michael Clayton. Mm -hmm. Which is, I don't know if you ever seen Mike Clayton. Mike Clayton's like, if we ever do a podcast that's like underrated gems, like that's a good movie. That is, it's like in my top ten movies of all Mm -hmm. time. That good. Have you ever seen it? No probably not you know, it I'm trying to like, see, see the picture Amanda's looking up in her head she's Michael <laughs> <running> her <laughs> files <from everybody. laughs> no. who's in it? Uh, Michael, uh, George Clooney told us we won an Oscar for it, Tom yeah. Wilkinson um, it is just it's, no, it's no. so good but like that 07 like No Country for Old Men came out that year mm-hmm. and There Will Be Blood came out that year yeah. Yeah. So that was bad last year yeah Last couple of years. I remember now. I saw that theater's, uh, my plate in the day it came out. And I was like, Tom Wilkinson is a lock to invest 40 an act. And then I saw Javier in no Country for Old I was like, oh, sorry, Tom. Any other? <laughs> he done. I that one. We did watch. they okay. will eventually get an Oscar. I think. Oh, he doesn't make that many No, movies. he does um, But he's brilliant. But anyways, so I think at first I was like, well, Denzel is always good in everything. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just like, and he did the Macbeth, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was great in the Magnificent Seven, too. Yeah, I mean, you and Doug talked about it. Yeah, I still have to rewatch that because I, like, I told you, like, I only saw it right when it came out and I was like, nah, we didn't need this. But yeah. then, like, you guys were making a case. So, okay, I can remember watching that one. Yeah, there you go. So, I think <laughs> maybe I would go with Clooney. Clooney and uh, Kate, Kate Winslet, yeah, who's playing um, Victor Laszlo then because I feel like that's going to be a key, too. Yeah, you know, throw a uh, Throw um uh, Brad Pitt in there. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just making this bad. Brad Pitt does not. Like How about that. Hugh Grant? No, I don't believe Hugh Grant is a freedom fighter. Okay, who would, like, a, who would be a good freedom fighter then? Oh man, like someone who, who looks like. Huh? There. Mm. Well, I was thinking like Adrian Brody might work um in that. Car. Driver. Driver. I, oh, man. Good I could call. I could go with that one. I like really that kind of stoic yeah. Adam Driver, right? Yeah, he could but Adam Driver could do anything. I could see Adam Driver as King. He would yeah. make a good king. That would Since be different. King. Yeah. But okay. Okay of these movies. <laughs> no, come on. The Muppet pub fiction should oh, happen. You have Short, Like a short, like a, a yeah. condense. Quentin still direct it, though. Quentin still, direct, is you still it? directing the Muppets? Yes. 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 So okay. there you go. All right. So that is the end of this special remake edition of Word on the Nerd with Ben from Tech Services and Amanda from the Teen Zone here at Peter White Public Library. And now the time has come to delve into movies that Amanda should already have seen in her life, but sadly hasn't before this episode. Do you a favor. (laughs) As a disclaimer,
0: Ben and I have not talked at all with Amanda before now about the films
1: we're about to discuss. Yeah, because normally, like, I always hear what Amanda thinks. Mm -hmm. She's next to me while watching all the movies. (laughs) Like, I want it hot and fresh during the recording live, There lot. you go. I think that'll be the best content. Then this is what it is. So we have no idea what's going to come out of Amanda's mouth <laughs> during this. So we, we take no responsibility for if we offend any people who are watching movies. No, we, not to swear. Okay. I, 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 <laughs> all right. So let's get into... The Word. So, Ben, are you ready to hear Amanda's opinions of these movies? Yes. <laughs> so, I'm looking at it. I got all but two done. Yeah. So, we'll, there's two that we're not even going to mention because maybe like in the future. We'll do, we'll do in the future. This is part one. Oh, um, it's a part one. Yes. Part one of the there you go. Because <laughs> there's more. This is great. I love this idea. <laughs> okay. So, I'm looking at the... Well, I'm going to go in... Uh, do we want to do them chronologically? Yeah, I like that. So, okay. Let's, okay. So, the oldest on here is Maltese Falcon. No, I think the Great Dictator, isn't huh? Oh, no, you're... Oh, yes, by just a year. By Welcome just a year, the Great Dictator. Um, okay. Yeah, <laughs> so the Great Dictator, Charlie Chaplin. Mm-hmm. I think Let's Marty, at the start of all these movies, just... A little bit like why we picked them. Because mm-hmm. we did try really hard to pick ones we think you would actually like if you gave them a chance. Right. That's why, like, Citizen Kane was off the board because you're, you're gonna gonna, be like, you going to hate it. This us. is boring. And then, like, the thing's a sled. It's just, you know. Um, spoiler <laughs> alert. If <laughs> you don't know that by now, yeah. you know. Um, so, Great Dictator chose this because um uh, I think we wanted a Charlie Chaplin movie. Yep. We weren't sure if you may wanna do a silent one. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not like the silent movie. Um, this um, one is a talking movie. It's really it's one of my favorite movies. It's got perhaps one of the best just monologues in cinema history. And like this one you really get to see like all of Charlie Chaplin's acting abilities. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean he was great as like all the tramp and all the silent mm-hmm. stuff, but like this he's still great. Like he's just yep. a legend. This movie started filming This was, like, the first movie, really, that had anything to say about, like, what was going on in Europe at the time. This movie started filming the week that Germany invaded Poland in 1939, and it came out in 40, like, um, you know, the U.S. wasn't even in the war yet, and this was the first one to just, you know, like, look what's happening over there, this is obviously bad. And then, like, after this, like, you get throughout World War II, the studio then just start pumping out Nazi thrillers, like, yeah. you know, Honda Accords and Assembly Line. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all the movies had, like, a World War, you know, Casablanca was like that. Casablanca. Stuff, like, you know, I, mean, I mean, even like, Citizen Kane has yeah. World War II stuff. Or, so yeah. this one was, like, really one of the first and mm-hmm. one of the best. Yeah, and and actually, I I was reading that Chaplin after after the Holocaust and all that came out after the war. Yeah. He said, if he had known that, he would not have made this I'm movie. Just wondering about that because like it was spot on with some of the stuff. Just he said that. that if he had known about this, I think this was many years after. Oh, it was, yeah, because like obviously this is like at the beginning of the war. Yeah, right? like, they, who knew it was gonna go that? Yeah, they didn't they know. Um, you know, I mean, would, I mean, why don't you give a, a sort of? A, is it? A, it's not easy to summarize this movie. Oh, this is hard. So Charlie Chaplin basically he plays two parts. He plays two parts. He's like Peter Sellers. Mm-hmm. Um, he's um, it starts out. He's like a oh, okay. yeah. It's World War One, but the countries are like all fake countries. Mm-hmm. Like, but there's a Germany, there's an Italy, there's whatever. But like, mm-hmm. he's a soldier in World War One. There's, a, there's, like, Charlie Chaplin-esque like, hijinks. Madison was watching it with me at the beginning, Yeah. because, like, when they were shooting the airplane off the plane. In in the and, like, it's Charlie Chaplin, honey, it's like, it's like <laughs> yeah. he's like, why isn't the bomb going off? I'm like, it's a comedy. <laughs> like, I don't I don't go to bed. I don't have time to go to bed. But basically, he, you know, he's on the German side of the war one, and he gets, um, it's at the very end of the war, mm-hmm. and then he meets, like, another, like, a pilot, and then, like, then they find out the war ends and they lost, which is like how people in Germany, because Hitler famously, you know, had been gassed in a trench and woke up in the hospital and finding out that the war had been lost, Mm -hmm. right? That was Charlie Chaplin's role. Yeah. So, and then he also plays basically the Hitler character, which is Adenoid Hengel. (laughs) Um, And Charlie Chaplin, uh, his character, and the hitler they look exactly the same mm-hmm. and then um and he plays a jewish barber yeah he's yeah. a jewish barber he comes back after he's yeah he has memory issues yeah. and everything yeah yeah um yeah and then how would you you know um and then the generally save, saves saves yeah, him the him guy hitler. he saved at the start mm-hmm. saves him who's now like part of the nazi party but it's not the nazi it's the party of the double cross no. which, <clears throat> Which is hilarious. And they have really stupid ways of trying to win the war like the parachute helmet and uh, oh, the, the bulletproof very, yeah. <laughs> armor and oh man. Yeah. It was and, very like plastic comedy. At oh time, was, Which, it, which it, was fun to watch but at the same time really sad because like you like knowing what we know now. And that's just mm-hmm. that thing you know. But he's like he's just looking like at this Nazi regime at the time and just being like you, you, we just have to lambast us. We just have to like Show how ridiculous you know this is. And I can't remember. I, I was looking to see if Hitler ever watched this movie. There's people say they think he did. Like, did you go into this thinking I, I'm going to hate this movie? No, I am like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah, because like it does you get that quick thing, and then you're like, okay, then you're piecing everything together. I'm like, okay, it's a complete parody on what what happened in World War Two. And then um, it did with the slapstick in there, which was entertaining. Um, but no, I liked this one. Okay. So, okay. I like. Warm, I, know I you. feel like full work. So for the most part.
0: And yes. you do see at points where yeah the the um the Tomania troops
1: are like walking through the Jewish ghetto and. Well, it was it was like what I appreciated about it was it it was a parody, but at the same time they saw what was happening yeah, and they wanted to. Mm-hmm. for them to make yeah to call that out but still and it's uh i mean some people say it's it's chaplin's greatest movie see that's the thing it's hard because there's so much talking to mm-hmm. me it's hard to compare this The city lights or, City lights are modern times mm-hmm. because to me this is my favorite one mm-hmm. of chaplains but then which i think modern times is my second favorite but then they're they're so different that mm-hmm. they're almost hard to compare. They're like two different genres. Um, so you can have two Charlie Chaplin. Things. You can have two Charlie Chaplins. I mean, you have you have a serious. There is really serious moments in this movie. Yeah. Um, and so you can have the serious Charlie Chaplin, but you can also have the. I believe it or not, when he's playing Hinkle, that's the funniest part of it, the movie. he, he, he makes it uh, so. Funny. His his um German. German that he's oh, saying is so funny. I mean, mm-hmm. he just makes up German words and he's saying it's things good. like schnitzel and stuff like that as he's talking, and it's the best. The train too. When oh they, yeah, and they're trying to get out the embassy from victory. <laughs> he's trying to get off, and they kept going forward, and then they go back, and then they go oh, forward. It's so funny. I sent Amanda the gif of when they're trying to salute each other. When um, so the Mussolini character is uh Benzino and Napolioni. He's played by Jack Okey, who's Not nominated by Oscar for this. Mm. Um. And they're just—it's just so—it's just, so, just dumb, but like, it's great. So it's, this movie. So out of five, what scale? Okay, let We're we're eating bagels. Oh, we're start, so let's bagels. do five bagels. Oh, also we're recording this bright in early in the yeah, early in the morning. So yeah, so we're eating bagels, and we're so we're gonna go with five bagels. How many out of five bagels, man? Three. <laughs> it's so gonna be a, a better answer. I mean. Well, compared to the other movies, let's say that we're going to be talking about in this podcast. For that. Okay. Right. Because, okay, what did would you me would give? Because, because, oh no, gosh, no. see, this is going to be so To me, this is like 4.75 bagels. I was going to say 4.5 bagels. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. 4.5 bagels. Next movie, The Maltese Falcon. Okay. <laughs> so hold on. Why did we choose this, Marty? We haven't done a film noir yet. Right. Uh, and this is like it. one of the first film noir it's, films. To me it's the best. It's the best. It's yeah. the best. Humphrey Bogart mm-hmm. is just the height of his power. Mary Astor and Oh Mary Astor. Sydney Greenstreet, Peter Lorre. Yeah, a lot of the same people from Cosapalongs. hmm Um, you know, you got your your Laurie, your Sydney Greenstreet. Sydney Greenstreet nominated for an Oscar for this. Mm-hmm. Um it's just obviously it's based on the Dash Hammett Mm-hmm. So um and um, you know, just the line kind of the Humphrey line. Bogart. I told you when we talked to the Cosmo, like me and my dad all growing up, the, the law of Humphrey Bogart is everything that he says, no matter what it is, sounds awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it has one of the best closing lines of a film. Stuff dreams the are stuff made of stuff that dreams are made of. <laughs> oh. I just looked at Amanda's face. <laughs> and over it. Amanda's oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Let let's let's okay, so what happened? At the beginning of the movie, Mary Astor comes to um uh yes. Humphrey Bogart's office. And, Bridget Yes, Bridget O'Shaughnessy and um Oh first we should say that he's a private detective. Yes, Sam Spade. Sam Spade. Spade and Archer. Sam Spade, Spade, Miles Archer. Yep. And they've got um their oh, secretary oh Peggy? Um, no. No 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 is it um, I'm, trying I'm trying to think of, of I'll look at it. Up. Okay. I mean I just watched it Monday. <laughs> I rewatched it last night because um I gave it to you. I have it and yeah, it was so good. Um but yeah, so Mary asked Bridget O'Shaughnessy comes in and says that she's looking for her husband who has what? disappeared. And that was the sister. It was the sister. The, sister the sister. Ran away, ran away with some the, guy. Yeah, Floyd Thursby. That's it. Yeah. And she and here's the thing. Mary well, but she um She's not Bridget right, doesn't she say her? She, 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 she he goes wonderly? Yeah. Yeah, but she like what was it? She said so this is who she was and this is da, da 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 And then he goes to the hotel room looking for her and she it's well, um, Mary is, Astor lies through this whole movie. Oh yeah. This <laughs> is like and this movie is so important because like this is kind of one of the first examples. Like, you know, she, this is like hard boiled memoir noir, mm-hmm. she's like the femme fatale. Mm-hmm. Um I'm still. I need to get. And um, Humphrey Bogart's constantly kissing her, but doesn't trust her. Oh, it's the just the. (laughs) I think that's why I didn't care for the film noir part. Okay, didn't care for the film noir part. Like what part? The good part? Well, basically what it is is that I, think I was getting annoyed by her character. Oh, but she's supposed to be. Annoyed. I know. Yeah. I can't handle that. Right now. I don't know I mean, yeah, I mean, for that. Yeah. And and basically everybody in this movie is trying to get their hands on the Maltese falcon, which is this It was a... crested bird or something. Yeah, that the knights of Malta gave to the ha- or some whatever Star? I can't remember which uh, it, was, it was they, they were yeah, they have a title card. Uh, King Charles V of Spain or yeah. something granted them the Isle of Malta, and then in exchange, they were like they had not- to give him a like a yeah. this falcon. It's just a macguffin. Yeah, it is a macguffin, and
0: um and basically this Maltese falcon disappears, and then it reappears. All
1: looking for it, right?
0: They're all looking for it, but. They cover it, or supposedly it's covered
1: in um, some kind of an ammo. Black right? to, oh. Like an ammo to hide it. Uh, I... Iva is the name of the secretary. Okay, all right. Um, so, yeah, so you find out there's this just this annoying, I guess you could say, like, web of lies. Mm-hmm. Humphrey Bogart is just trying to find out. His partner, Miles Archer, gets, gets killed. Gets off real quick. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And now there's, like, an element of danger and... Bogart does this better than anyone's ever done it, but just the whole, he does this in Casablanca too, the whole, like, I don't trust anyone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, because he don't trust anyone. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are trustworthy, so. It's it's like, this is like, it's almost like this is a pre-Casablanca Rick. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, a couple years, he's going to be in He's going to be in (laughs) Casablanca. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. so basically, you know, just to we don't have to go through every plot detail, but like you know, they're all double crossing each other. And the police think that Sam Is killed, killed yeah. his, his, uh, his partner. partner because he's supposedly involved with uh, yeah. partner's wife, which he um, was. Which he was. Him and then Archer's misses because yeah. she comes and she's not even sad about it. Oh no, <laughs> no. no! Well, and and even Sam doesn't seem to have broken up. Oh, I mean, you get you get you see you see his uh, partner get shot. And you don't see who shoots him. I, I, well, we it's find very, out who shoots yeah, him eventually. Very typical of the hard mm-hmm. detective type. Mm-hmm. You know, just, just you know, the, Yeah, he's like... He's doesn't care. He got shot. Is he dead? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he, <laughs> ne- he, never see- he never, like, looks unruffled. No, unruffled. and then he, like, calls the secretary. He's like, go tell the wife. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> so, so he, he's like, just go do it. Just go do it. You know, I mean, it's just, um, you know, there's not a, you don't expect Humphrey Bogart in this movie to get all um, really emotive and everything. And when he does, like, show strong emotion, it's because he's acting and he's doing it to to get something. Yeah. So this is a favorite of, like, you know, my family. Yep. Uh, the best part is just the final scene. They're all like, you know, they're waiting. Like, so Sam Faye gets the Falcon, right? Yeah. Yeah, but like when he's talking to uh, Mary Astor's character, mm-hmm. it's just like you know, like I got to turn you in. I'm sorry, you know, like if they don't hang you by your pretty neck, I'll be waiting for you. But if they do, I'll always think of you. Type line. It's just mm-hmm. like some pre Han Solo type stuff. Exactly. Thing. It really yeah. is <laughs> this is all. This is total like about to go and carbonite. I love you. I know. That's what the the vibe is. Mm-hmm. And then they haul her off, and the cops are like. They, they got the Falcon. They're like, what is this? He says. The, the dreams are made out. Then he carries it out. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> I would be remiss. So my dad's like favorite character in this movie is uh, Elisha Cook Jr. He's the gun's old, right? Mm-hmm. And just the way poor Wilmer. Just <laughs> Wilmer. like, <laughs> you know, they call him, he's poor Wilmer. He works for Sydney Green Street. He's kind of like his son. But like at one point, Sam Spade's like, you just give him up and I'll give you the Falcon. He's like, poor, sorry, Wilmer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, safe. Charlie Wilmer, you know, and he's like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> You're going to take the ball. I mean, and Sam Spade's like constantly slapping him around and getting oh, him so in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I but I do say I will say this Wilmer does get a good kick in on Sam and when blowing shot. Yeah. yeah, he does. He does do that, but it doesn't really phase Sam Spade that much. It does pick up. Yeah, he does, but um yeah, Sydney Green. Everybody in this movie is just like so great, and it's a, it's just an iconic film directed by John Huston, yep. um, a fantastic director. So, um, so you so didn't, care didn't care for it, you didn't about. like it. I don't, think I like, it you don't like the hard-boiled detective. Yeah, I think that's what it boils down to. Mm-hmm. I didn't care for the. It's a genre that was up the time. Yeah. yeah, no, and it made sense. Like when it was made, I can see it being super popular <laughs> and everyone loving it. It's super dramatic. But like, I don't need that in my life right now. And I was just sitting there, I'm like watching this, and I'm like, y'all like lying to each other. Stop it. <laughs> Slap each other around. Okay, Greg, we're done. Yep. And
0: and the, you know, and then and then Sam Spade is like interrogating
1: Mary Astor, mm-hmm. you know. And and then just suddenly he just grabs your face and just I'm like just all the tension I'm like just go go into another room have your way with her walk away call it a day because yeah. you know she ain't any good for you yeah although I you know I'm not even sure Mary Esther is telling Sam the truth at the end of it she was no she's just she trying lying. to save her dad I think she's pathologically like a liar. Yeah. She was lying her whole way through the movie She was just trying to get Sam to say, "Okay, yeah, I love you. i'll I won't turn mm-hmm. you in." And then the police walk in and she thinks that she's convinced him. And he takes her by the hand. he goes, and here's the guy, here's the person who shot my partner. Yep. And, you know and, and I was like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, How many bagels <laughs> is two Ooh. I told you I think for for marty how many bagels for you um this has got to be like um 4.7 bagels i love this i say 4.95 <laughs> <laughs> wow we are getting down to the decimal eight. we are getting, getting down to, to there's just crumbs the percent of the bagel is left on the plate <laughs> i could go higher too, <laughs> but i'm saving my five bagels for for certain mm-hmm. movies so okay yeah. <laughs> so there we go. That's the Maltese Falcon, which, okay. So we have one that she liked, one that Amanda okay. didn't like so cool. alright. Okay. All right. So some like it hot. Some, some like it hot. I have a feeling that Amanda is really not going to like this movie, but. Very famous movie. This okay. is one that most people have seen. This is why we picked and it. And so many great lines. I thought you would like this. I thought you'd think no, it was funny. Um, it's okay. See, she says stuff like that and, and, and Ben and I like if you were watching this, we flinch I and grab our chest. I wish. I had <laughs> I did not it was—it's a, a reflex. <laughs> it's like, a, okay, what's she gonna say? Oh, gosh, this is why it was great. Why we didn't get any? Because usually when we do when we do this, we've got some idea of what Manda thinks about all the movies. Yes. Yep. This is just. I a think draw. we need to do this the whole time. I do Manda can do that every podcast. Oh, <laughs> with, that? <laughs> with the, the movies. like, yeah. <laughs> um. I, do you want to give a summary of this, Marty? Um. Sure.
0: So. In this movie, um, Tony Curtis and Jack Lemon, they play um, musicians, um, jazz musicians, and it's Prohibition. And um,
1: they they are at the beginning of the movie. They're in this nightclub that's a, a, a funeral yeah. parlor, right? And it gets raided, and so they they leave without getting paid, right? Yeah. And so they're they're just broke and they need a job because jack lemon has tooth problems and, yeah. <laughs> and um tony curtis has gambling problems and so i love the parry it's so great yeah they're they're so good and and so eventually what happens is that
0: um they uh, they
1: go they to their the murder too. well they they, they don't witness the murder then they they go to the, the talent agency where tony oh, curtis yeah. has has uh like Sort of crossed the 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 secretary, so she doesn't want anything to do with him. But eventually, she she get they get another job or something, and he talks the secretary into letting him borrow their car so yes. they can get. So they go to get this car. Well, it turns out that this is the garage where the Saint Valentine's Day Massacre
0: um, occurred. Yes,
1: okay.
0: and so this uh, this uh, a mobster named Spats. His nickname is Fats. Um, uh, has cross, uh, this other
1: mobster has crossed him. And so he sends these guys out and Tony Curtis and Jack Lemon witnessed the St. Valentine's Day massacre and escape, even though the other the other
0: guys in the mob know that they were there.
1: So what they do to escape,
0: uh, escape the city, Chicago, and, and get away safely is that they take a job in an all-girl jazz band going to Florida. Yep. Um, and uh it's Daphne and Josephine yeah. yes Daphne so um so Jack Lemon is Daphne and um and
1: uh, Tony Curtis is Josephine and they get they go on there and Marilyn Monroe is like the lead singer and so likes to drink <laughs> and smoke and sleep with men well and so do all the girls in the band so anyway they tell me what it gets called up that that is true you know but she does stupid things mm-hmm. like she puts puts the booze. Blues- booze flask in her thing and it falls out. Not in her thing in her stop here. <laughs> Okay. Wow. I I might have to edit that out. But anyway. <laughs> okay, thank you. And now if they could if this was on video they could see. clearly we know. <laughs> okay, thank you. So anyway, they get to Florida, but of course on the way, Tony Curtis has fallen in love with um Marilyn Monroe's character, or fallen in lust at least mm-hmm. with her character. And She's Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so she and Marilyn Monroe has had a string of really bad relationship problems. Saxophone for the saxophone player. Right, saxophone player, and that's what Tony Curtis is. And um, so he's like, okay, she's never gonna go for me. Um. So he once they get to Florida, um, she he gets her to admit that what she's looking for is a rich, uh, rich guy. What? She just wants money. She yeah. wants money. She wants a rich guy. And she even describes the kind of guy that she wants. And so basically Tony Curtis and Jack Lemon are, are in this band and they have to perform. But then Tony Curtis dresses up as this like rich, um, rich, I think it's a shell oil, a mm-hmm. part of the shell oil family. And he's got a yacht out there. And basically he seduces Marilyn Monroe. But um, near the end of the movie, Spats shows up because they're having a big family mob conclave at this thing. And they still haven't found they're still looking for Jack Lemon and um, yeah, and Tony Curtis like on the yeah and Jack Lemon has Joey Brown who is a millionaire who has fallen in love with him as Daphne and keeps sending her roses and invites her out to and his bracelet and the bracelet and and actually
0: at one point when when uh, Tony
1: Curtis wants to take
0: Marilyn Monroe out to Joey Brown's yacht,
1: he convinces jack Lemmon to go dancing with joey yeah. brown the whole night like to another city exactly and 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 uh and jack Lemon gets engaged <laughs> and he's just like what, dancing around and he has a character yeah. yeah i mean and jack Lemon won an Oscar for this movie he won he won best supporting actor for this movie and he was fantastic i think he was my favorite yeah he's, he he's just so funny and anyway
0: so it turns out at the end of the movie there's all this mayhem where the they discover that it's Jack Lemmon and Tony Curtis and they're trying to escape. And um, and uh, Tony Curtis finally, uh, Marilyn Monroe finally figures out that Tony Curtis is, is uh, Josephine and everything. And they're trying to get away in a boat from the mobsters that were chasing them. And Joey Brown is in the boat with uh,
1: Jack Lemmon at, and they're sitting next to each other and Marilyn Monroe and Tony Curtis are in the back and they're making out. And um, Jack Lemmon is cool. He, Joey Brown is like, I want, I love you. It doesn't like matter. I can't, I, can't, I, I can't hear you. He's like, I'm, I'm allergic to, I can't even remember what he says. I'm allergic to cats. That's all right. I can't have children. We'll adopt. Yeah. And finally, he takes off, Jack Lemmon takes off his wig. This is the best closing line. Takes off his wig and goes, I'm a man. And Joey Brown goes, nobody's perfect. And that's the end of the movie. I like <laughs> that. That was my favorite scene. I mean, that's, I mean. Yeah, everybody in this movie is so good. I know. I'm mean, just like listening to you just rattle off the plot. Like it's so ridiculous. The <laughs> movie, I just did a correction. Did not he did not win Oscar? Well, I thought and he did win he Best was, Supporting. No, was nominated Best for Leading. Oh no. Oh, you know what? He won the Best Supporting for Mister Roberts. Yes, I always think that. He won his Best his Leading. He's got they, Tiger. Best. Yeah. Okay. So I just he want could him. have won for this. Who beat him? <laughs> well, let me see. Okay. Yeah. I mean, well, Jack. It he's, he's amazing. amazing movie i mean it's jack lemon at his best crazy you know crazy comedy best um but um i I will tell this story while ben is looking up to see who beat jack Mm -hmm. lemon um i saw a musical version of some like it hot in the green bay and guess who played the joey brown character tony Mm -hmm. curtis serious yeah when was this? that this was back in probably um i would say the late 90s early 2000s How because he's dead he's been dead a while but yeah let me tell you i mean the the movie's all going on the the, the musical's all going on and everybody's like enjoying itself as soon as tony curtis walked onto that stage oh. as joey brown there was like a five minute standing ovation oh, oh sure yeah and of course, he got to say the final line. You know, nobody's perfect. So I mean, how did it translate to a musical? Um, I mean, it's not bad. You know, it's not a bad movie. They actually there's
0: two versions of *Some Like It Hot*. There's one musical that they did a long time ago called *Sugar*,
1: which sort of focuses on Marilyn Monroe's character. Mm-hmm. And then there is a musical version of *Some Like It Hot*. Okay. Um. so but um, huh. they do the ta- they do um the machine gun stuff with taps, with oh. tap shoes. so when they start shooting people they all have tap shoes on and they're doing that and cool. okay so this is 59 this is the Ben Hurd years okay so, one, um, yeah and then it swept all the obscurs. yeah so, well you know it's not holding that's no. one I haven't seen either I you know of it you don't need to see that. My favorite, well, we won't get into Ben Hur. I love all the behind the scenes stuff in Ben Hur, okay. too. So there's great stuff. <laughs> so how many bagels, snail? Two and a half, three. To... Some might like like Hi, really? yeah, Hi. get high, really? I didn't, didn't like it. I didn't care for it. I like Jack Jacqueline's character, and that's about it. I like Joey Brown and Jacqueline. And she was a really good C-Blonde. That's what she was supposed to do. I to sort of put her on there. This is a, few, this is a really important movie for her, obviously. Yeah. Her big one. Yeah. Okay. And Billy Wilder, I mean, he's he's fantastic director, writer. Okay, that's fine. Uh, how many bagels, Marty? I'm going to give this one four bagels. Okay, I'm also going to give it four bagels. Okay, see? Okay. See? I think of three so far, it's the least. But they're all great, so. they're
0: all, They're all great.
1: And if you've never seen this, and yeah, just watch it for Jack Lemon. I mean he That he was like what's my favorite part. I mean Tony Curtis is great too yeah. and Joey Brown. Oh, and great. Yeah. Yeah, but okay. Okay, so next next up, this is the one where <laughs> I was telling my mom, like here these movies man, hasn't seen. And then oh. when I said this one, she was like, What? Oh <laughs> Which is The Godfather, obviously. The original one. Yeah, number one. Um Maybe when we do part two, we'll make you watch Godfather 2. Godfather 2. two. Which is also great. No, I do want to watch that one now. Though. Oh, yeah, you should. Um, Robert De Niro's main fan. Um, okay, Godfather. I don't feel like we need to lay out the plot of Godfather. No. Surely everyone listening to this has seen Godfather. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> I mean, um... Well, I mean, you were the last person on Earth. Yeah, the last person on Earth has watched the Godfather. <laughs> <and> God. <laughs> I watched this on Sunday, mm-hmm. Yeah, Sunday yeah, Sunday night. Did you watch it with David? Or? No, well I told I turned it on at nine o'clock and I'm like, I'm gonna watch the Godfather. I gotta watch it for work. I'm like, holy Is it's this is how long? It's a like a two hour and well, forty-five minute two film. Hours. And so I'm like, David's like, I'm gonna go to bed. It's advanced uh, three hours. And yeah. um while well, Madison called and he's like, can my friends stay the night? And I'm like, I don't care. But you gotta go to your room. So I get home and like I'm like half hour into 20 minutes into this movie. We're 20 minutes in. Mm-hmm. The horse the horse head just found in the bed, I like, probably just, mm-hmm. and like all this blood. And Ellen and Ada were over, and Madison's like, to I'm like, "You gotta go to your room." I'm watching the movie. It is not kid friendly. But why is it not kid friendly? And I straight up looked at Ellen and Ada, and I'm like, "Well, the guy was sleeping in his bed, and he woke up with a horse head covered in blood." And they're like, "Yeah." <laughs> Me, i go to bed now so I can watch the movie. Now, you want to know something? That was an actual horse head oh, that they put so in there because they. They tried to, like, I think Dick Smith was the makeup artist for it, and they tried it, but they went to, like, um, uh, a slaughterhouse. Yeah. Head. So um, just as an aside, like, if you like this or whatever, just recently, and I've gotten the recommendation from Andrew Marsh, the um It Sound Paramount, the uh, miniseries, The Author. I've, I've heard great things. Well, oh, yeah. my God. Miles Teller plays Al Ruddy, was mm. the producer. It's all about behind the scenes, how getting this made and everything. It is amazing. I binged that. If you if you oh, like yeah, this you gotta watch it yeah it's amazing but that's part of it too where they tried to make up a horse head and it looked like crap yeah and then someone was just like don't worry i'll take care of it and then later <laughs> they're like was that a real horse? that looked pretty real yeah i mean that was disgusting i won't lie yeah it, it, it and it was like when they first when you started like covering the blood and i'm like and there's no puncture it's like oh it's his <laughs> million dollar horsey. Well, this is the mob we're talking. Yeah, right? no. Like, and and when when Coppola was making this movie, he had people from the mafia. Yep, that's part of the things. closely. He is. Well, he is, was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Colombo mm-hmm. and the Colombo crime family. Giovanni Ribisi played some in the miniseries. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because when the book came out, and the miniseries talked about the book too, Mario Puzo's book, and um the book came out as a huge bestseller and then they were like it's unfilmable all this um then they're gonna film a movie the mob's trying to like make like kill the movie mm-hmm. because at that point they still were trying to deny the mob existed <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that was, yeah they was like this is just racist against Italians right like it is um so yeah but anyways it's too much just all performances first off like um al Pacino Franco mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is that Michael, right? Yeah. Yeah. The beginning of the movie when he's sitting there petting the cat. And Marlon Brand is oh, petting. The cat. And that was the one thing I detected Michael. Like, oh my God, the cat. At his daughter's wedding. And, you know? and then I just like, I've never seen this scene before Zootopia. Zootopia. Yeah. Zootopia. Yeah. Zootopia. This, I mean, the this this, movie has been eating Yeah. So, so influential. It's like movie, obviously. And yeah. then the wedding cake. Yeah. Ah, I hate wedding cakes like that. <laughs> well, you know, this is like an Italian wedding in the 70s. Um, but yeah, just everything. I mean, there. It's like you look at the stars: Marlon Brando as Vito Corleone,
0: oh. um, Al Pacino is Michael. Um, Conn is um, uh, as Michael, James Caan as Sonny, Robert Duvall
1: as as Tom Hagen, Diane Keaton as Shire as the as the sister Connie. I mean, there's just. I mean, so many great, great performances. Now, obviously, famously. Marlon Brando won the Oscar for Best Picture and turned it down. Voice in the cheeks. So the cheeks, he put cotton, oh, okay. he put cotton, like cotton oh. balls in oh. his oh. cheeks. Mm-hmm. And um, the voice, you know, he kind of, he kind of started to sound like that. He was like really worn down. And then he was a huge wrist. Studio, I didn't want him. Yeah, they were like, he's, this dude's crazy now. He mm-hmm. just like lives in Beverly Hills. He's like a recluse. Um, and
0: but like, you know,
1: he really wanted wanted to do it. He had ideas. That cat, it was like a stray cat he brought. <laughs> it was just so it great. It was just so great, just sitting there at the yeah. for Prince the day Prince. of my daughter's wedding. For its for Coppola, it's just like, Oh, this is great. Um it makes you look super crazy and scary. What am I it's very scary? I, I, can't love, I love the guy who plays Luca Brazzi too. Oh, yeah. You know what, and was he a real mobster? Wasn't he? I don't know. I'm pretty sure that he was like a real mobster, just him practicing his line, like just like under, under you know, just what? and, and, and I, it's like what's his problem? I've, I've heard the story, and I don't know if this might be apocryphal, it might not be true, but he was a real mobster who, um, who Francis Ford Coppola liked the look of and everything. So he said, Okay, we're going to put you in the scene, we're going to give you these lines, and he heard. This actor, this guy, going over the lines, he was like, "Okay, we got to put this in the movie," because he was like sitting there practicing, mm-hmm. like the, the movie. So Lenny Montana, yeah, a former bodyguard and enforcer for the Colombo crime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. But just like I felt like his character, Michael's character at the beginning of the movie, like he came home, he was doing so good. He's like, "I'm not gonna get involved in the yeah. family business," and then like they try to take out his dad, and then he gets involved, and then he has some real shady. <laughs> like oh. oh there's a bleed there's a bleed okay <laughs> like, oh gosh i'm gonna have to listen really yeah. hard <laughs> oh but well, like he just goes down this rabbit hole and then they send him to italy and he's so happy he was so oh, yeah, yeah. well happy well, if they had not found him and if they had not killed apollonia oh. i don't think that michael's life would have been yeah. well very this all like right and then going on to the next movies and just the way like Circumstances, but now that scene in White Lotus makes so much sense. Yeah, I mean, and and here's the thing, really, what this the two movies, well, three movies, but I don't like talking about the third one that much. Um, it's not great, but those two movies are are basically like Michael Corleone's descent. Yep, and that's all it's about. It's sort of like um uh whatever a six hour, because the other one is about three hours too. So it's like a six-hour version of Breaking Bad, where you see Walter White mm-hmm. going down into the oh, toilet. It's you know, so, yeah. definitely is, yeah, yeah. Um, but we can't. I mean, we got to talk about like Fredo. Yeah, Fredo. Um, <laughs> yeah, John Cazale, who's fantastic. He, who, who? So he, the was he? He's Fredo. Fredo, the brother that was with brother, brother who's like I'm smart, Mike. You know, yeah, and send he sends him off to Las Vegas because he wants to get. Oh, to Vegas, Vegas, yeah, 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 yeah. Mo Green Green mo green mo green so great um <laughs> but john Cazale, so he was um i think they got married but um him to um Meryl street mm-hmm. uh he died of cancer like in 1980 and famously every every major movie that he was ever in was mm-hmm. nominated for best picture yeah so he was in godfather one and two he was in the conversation mm-hmm. he was in um uh Dog Day Afternoon, yeah. and then uh, Deer Hunter. The Deer, deer Hunter. Hunter. Right? Mm-hmm. He didn't make many movies, but every no, well, movie. he would have, I mean, the 70s he was like in every great movie, mm-hmm. and then he tragically died mm-hmm. young of cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. So, and I think that when Streep won her first Oscar for versus- I mean, she had just lost uh, her, her... Yeah, let me I want to get it right. Um, yeah, exactly. He, but yeah. yeah, he plays Fredo, and Fredo is um, a character that lots of people have problems with in, in this movie. <laughs> you haven't seen the second one. I, no. I I don't want to give. I mean, Fredo. I'm not to watch the second. One. Well, Fredo really messes up. Shall we say <laughs> in the second? Yeah. He, I knew it was he, Fredo? Yeah, I knew it was you, Fredo, in the second
0: movie. Someone puts a hit on Michael's, on Michael, and, and in their town
1: compound, like his wife Kay is with him and everything, and his kids were in the house, and they like shoot up the bedroom. And yeah. it turns out that Fredo, his brother, well, oh, that's a spoiler command, though. Let's not. Well, anyways, I mean, it's not a really brother in law in this movie. So. Um, yeah, but his brother in law was a piece of crap. So. Dude, so Carlo. <laughs> um, I mean, like, yeah. the fact that the one brother let him survive after beating his wife, after beating the sister. Yeah, so true story, so the guy who played Carlo, so he was getting, okay, so Talia Shire plays Connie, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, her brother's transformed. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Um, he, so when they were doing the scenes of, like, Carlo beating her, like, he really got her one time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Transfer Coppola is just like beside himself and James Kahn was like, Don't worry, I'm gonna take care of this. So (laughs) when they shot the scene in the street, Bob, where Sonny finds Carlo and he's just beating him. He's beating him. Well, that's a real beating. He's I mean he I mean not totally, but like there's stiff shots in there. Mm -hmm. You can see if you watch it, the cut the cut they use, he's kicking them. Yeah, there is you could see like they weren't faking. They weren't faking it. it. I did not know a couple of them were landed square Oh, you can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and you, you, see, you, you know, gotta watch the Offer. You, got, you, know a lot you can see this. the you can see like the fake ones go, mm-hmm. but then then you see the real one. And I'm like, oh, get him! Wow, pretty stiff. You know what? James Conn was a loose cannon. Yeah. always was a loose cannon, but back then, even more so. Yeah, and, so, and you know, I, I have to say because I used to be a big fan of like makeup artist and Dick Smith and the makeup that he does. I mean, this is the first time or one of the first times where they use all those exploding blood patches mm-hmm. on bodies and it actually looks like people are getting shot. And the scene, well, you know what? If you, Amanda's the only one on the planet that hasn't seen this movie. Yeah. So- um, Everyone, when, all eight billion. Yes. So so when, when Sonny gets like shot up with the machine guns and you see it, I mean, you literally see like what? him- He's just getting massacred. How they massacred my boy. Yeah, oh my gosh. So, um, and then you just like make, make it so his mama don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. So. And the poor funeral. Hunter. Amanda, so cool. what do you think is the best scene in the movie? I feel like this is the hardest. It was one of the hardest movies to do I'm that really good. I really liked it. All right. I feel like overall we're <laughs> the victory so far. I think it's him sitting at the beginning. Marlon Brando sitting at with, cutting the damn cat oh there's your third one sorry you can see you that. can say that yeah no it's um, him sitting in the chair and his daughter's letting him yeah so it. it's just that the whole tone it does because then you're like what are we doing um for me and we haven't mentioned this at all yet it's the scene at the restaurant mm-hmm. with Salazzo. oh when he just Clusky. like take them out yeah we got to talk about Sterling Hayden. oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's so great where you know And then just, and prior to that that kitchen scene with Clemenza, -hmm. Clemenza, and if you watch the offer, like, transferred Coppola to fight to make that a working kitchen. It costs $80,000 to run the gas line. He's like, we have to see them making a meal together. Um, You know, we were just talking about the sauce and And throwing in the the sausage and everything like that. Um, But just him telling Michael, because that's really the turning point of the whole movie, the whole franchise, everything is where Michael decides to do that, Mm -hmm. you know. Well, I'm going to hide the gun in the toilet. Mm-hmm. You know, you walk out, then you drop the gun, all this. Um, that's the most important scene, I think, in the movie. Most important scene in all the of this series. series. Yeah. Yeah. So, I would have to say that one. You know, for me, I mean, performance wise, uh, you know, the part where I get the most moved is when they bring in Sonny's body into oh. the, the funeral. And then you've got then, the funeral you know, director from the start of the movie, right? Mona Bonacero, Bonacero. <laughs> um, that's a famous line from the movie. Everybody knows that. Head, but anyway, um, when he brings him in and then they pull back the the sheet and um Marlon Brando sees Sonny for the first time and his face just sort of crumples. Mm-hmm. And it's um it's a really great acting moment. He's like, Look what they did to my boy. And it's just because mm-hmm. he's really devastated. Right. And it's just um, yeah, that for me is like a moment that just kills me every time I see it. Even though Vito Corleone is a, a bloodthirsty, you know, mobster, you know, although he wanted to keep out of drugs, so that's well, a good. But then thing. it's like super racist. and then they're like, well, we can just give them to the black people. Yeah, that's, I mean, I mean he's he's not, not, well, it's. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, of course. Very. And my mom would tell me stories about visiting her Italian cousins in Chicago, in the plastic on the couch in the room behind the wall. Yeah, and I had a I had a great aunt who was actually married to someone in the mafia. So. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, one last scene. Okay. The final scene, the baptism scene, yeah. the day where they the take care of all family business yep. while Michael is being. Like, in the final shot go. where like. You can see, like, Tom and Michael in the room and the door closes and Kay's there and you're just like, you know. Yep. I'm they they, they go and they kiss his hand and yep. and you know that Michael is... He's fully turned he's now now. The Yeah, he's now the Don. And the next movie, it starts out sort of like the first movie does. You know, it starts out with the wedding. In the next movie, it starts out with the... um, I think it's the first communion party yeah. of um, Michael's son. I re- The other part I really did enjoy was the when- wedding. He was in the garden with his grandson and he was just the playing. Oranges. The He's oranges. So happy, and then he dies. There's yeah. so many iconic stories. So and scenes. so many great lines, too. he yeah. yeah. even said, like, leave the gun, take the cannoli. Oh. oh my gosh. My favorite line in the whole movie Leave the gun, take the cannoli. Shoot the driver. <laughs> he <laughs> told like, his wife he was going to bring cannolis. Them. So they leave the body and they. You don't them. leave a good Italian cannoli. Yeah. It just, you don't. Yeah, you know, you know, go to the mattresses. You know, <laughs> oh my gosh, That's um, so influential. That's one thing you cannot get in this town, though, is a good canola. That's true. Everybody pre-stuffs the shells and they sit there. They get all soggy. They get all soggy and gross. They yeah. so don't yeah. put pistachios on the end. <laughs> Tragic. Anyways, Amanda, how many? How many bagels? Four and a half bagels. Whoa! I feel like if nothing else, this podcast has been a success. Hey, yes, I'm giving this one five bagels. This, this is five this is five bagels. Yeah. It's just um you can't you can't uh Yeah I mean it's Godfather. it's actually more than five bagels. Yeah, it's it's like, you know, a dozen bagels, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, five bagels will say okay. okay. All right. Last movie, nineteen eighty nine, Spike Lee. This is a movie I feel like everyone needs to see one time. Yes. I love this movie. Okay. <laughs> Because All right, <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> right out. just, just oh, put it right out. Back, back made in '89. Mm-hmm. How many years later? It's still relevant. Oh, like, mm-hmm. it's gonna be relevant forever. Yeah, but yeah. like it still holds up. It is mm-hmm. just it's, it's such me. sad commentary that nothing has changed in the past 30 yeah. years. Yeah, it's... Like, nothing's changed. It, people they're still treated that way. Okay, so let's take it from the top. Okay. It's uh, mm-hmm. it, it's okay. So, it's um, obviously in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes place on the hottest day of the summer. And one of my favorite, one of my favorite uh, things about this movie is like you can feel they made Spike did such a good job, it feels hot. Mm-hmm. Like, everything they show looks hot, everyone's like, sweating. Mark, just- We've all had those like day where they the days drag on so long because mm-hmm. it is so hot, like some summer day. and. They captured that perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, Mookie, played by Spike Lee, works at Sal's. Sal's, Sal's famous. Pizzeria. I mean, <laughs> yes, where he it's run by uh, Danny Aiello, who is Sal, and his two sons, John. John and the other dude who captured. I uh, not remember, remember his name. I want to yeah. get it right, so I'm in trouble it with that. <laughs> um, but I mean, John DiTuro, obviously is and John he's du- in a lots of stuff. So he mm-hmm. and John DiTuro wants Danny Aiello to sell the sell the pizzeria right. and get out of. He doesn't <laughs> want to be in the neighborhood. It's a family business, right. We've had it for a long time, but now the neighborhood has changed, right? And it's Ethnically, it has changed. It has. Mm-hmm. Well, it's very heavily one population. Right. Um, like Richard Edson. Richard Edson, who's really great. Yeah. Everyone, literally everyone in this awesome. The performances are so great. Mm. This is Rosie thing. Perez's first movie. I believe. Oh, good, she kills it. Yeah. Um, so basically, it takes place over one day, just like how, like, you got the longest day, the summer the hottest. You got tension. There, the tension builds throughout this movie, like mm-hmm. just can, It's like by the hour, mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. okay, and just all these little interactions, right? Right, and there's there's racial tension from the very. Oh, beginning. Yeah. From from the get go, okay. and you have Samuel L. Jackson who plays a, a DJ who's like watching all of this. Wake up, wake up, wake yeah. up! Yeah, <laughs> right. 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 and he's watching everything that's yeah. going on because he's got this huge window well, he's right on the of studio. Right. So he is like he's got the he's got the, he's, the and deal. he's like the narrator of Right. This, mm-hmm. film. Um, and everything takes place like you know, and you can see it. Um, and Ruby D is mm-hmm. so good. So yeah, Ossie Davis and Ruby They were married at one. Oh, they were. They were uh, married a long time. And whenever yeah. um, you can get them working together, which mm-hmm. they did sometimes. Um, is incredible. I love Ossie Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh, that dude is like a legend. He's like legendary. Yep. And um, you know, it's just it's just such a fantastic movie. And this is like for me, yeah, for me, it's Spike Lee's best movie. Yeah. I I mean. It's hard. Yeah, it really is. And and it was nominated for lots of Oscars. Uh, famously, this movie did not win Best Picture. I'm not surprised. And the movie that won Best Picture. It was only nominated course. for two. Oh, I thought it was nominated for No, two. that's the thing. So let's just, okay. Okay. So this thing only got two nominations. Right. It did not get a Best Picture nomination. Okay. It did not get a Best Director nomination. It didn't get a Best Actor oh. or Actress. It only got Danny Aiello for supporting. Oh, supporting actor. Like and it didn't that's win it. it. You know what movie won Best Picture this year? Yeah. Oh, Driving Miss yes. Daisy. Yes. And like that, that, that. <laughs> for this country. Yeah, that's drive, just Yeah, Driving Miss Daisy. That was the <laughs> year yes, of Driving Miss. Me, I mean, I love Driving Miss I do. I know, but that, but movie, like, come on, a yes. white woman being driven around by an African American man. Yeah, but she learned something. It's just <laughs> I hate it. I, <laughs> this movie, I will say, this movie should have been nominated because it was much more of a social commentary. And it was a way better film. It's really interesting when you um, look at the history of this movie, like people were just like, you know, there were reviewers who saw this when it premiered and they mm-hmm. were like, Spike's trying to start a race war. There's going to be riots. No. He was, it was a social commentary. At yes, the time. but they weren't ready. So, people aren't serious. ready for this now. They, they, they really, no. so it got. When I felt like so bad at the end, like Sal just wanted him to turn off the radio. Yeah, no, no, but, no, but I also I thinking, the building the tension was building, and but then, I also think that what that did was it sort of tore away all of the layers or something. Because because he really is racist. Yeah. No, so yeah. If you watch, you know, Spike Lee's done zillions of interviews mm-hmm. all of this. Like Sal re- is was racist. Right. You know, Um just the weird dynamic him and uh Mookie's sister. Yeah. Just like he's like don't don't talk to he, him here's that. the thing i think that of all the racists that you have in this movie and you have a lot of racists mm-hmm. in this movie yeah. i think Ayello is possibly the most dangerous one they are the one who's like hiding it is hiding it and you know yeah, i mean i think he is the yeah. most basically Ayello is like all of the white people out there in this country who say oh i'm not racist yeah but, but they are but they are mm-hmm. and, you know you know the reason why you think you're not racist is because you don't actually know what the that means right and exactly really what it is On um, the one family the Chinese family Korean, the the Korean, Korean. Yeah, sorry they're sitting there like we we're part we're like you we're like you because they were gonna come because there's a so because down they burned down cells so. and then they're just basically there's a riot them at them the end, end because one of the characters radio rahim the police come in so mm-hmm. radio yeah. Rahim yeah just um we gotta give rid a yes do mm-hmm. one of the, one of my favorite scenes in the history of movies mm-hmm. is the yeah and hate. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and just him pumping uh public enemy fight the power. Yeah. So that uh double w- <laughs> w- w- D <laughs> um just and that song is great. It was made just uh specifically for this movie. Mm-hmm. And actually spiked, you know, public enemy they made a song originally, and Spike like, like no, nah, that's not it. Try again. They made this. This was it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, bugging out, Giancarlo Esposito. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you know him from Mando and all kinds of stuff. Yep. Um, But I love him. You yeah. know, just. Yeah. The yeah. no
0: scene at
1: the end, though. But the oh, riot okay. and the police and then burning down cells, and then going up to the Korean family. And, and it's the just... Korean family are going, are going, we're just like you. We're just like you. Yeah, well, please, you don't, just, please don't. Please don't. Well, then you see how like one of these, how it's like a match lights gasoline. Mm-hmm. It looks like this is, you can see how these things explode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people always ask Spike, like, did, Mookie, you know, and the whole question, did Mookie do the right thing? Mm-hmm. he, He basically starts it up. Yeah. Yeah. Through the trash can through mm-hmm. the window of cells, and that's when they start a yeah. the riot. They go into cells, they mm-hmm. trash it, they set it on fire, mm-hmm. you know. But of course, Mookie does that after the police kill Radio Rocky. Rah- yeah, mm-hmm. the police kill Radio, and it's like a chokehold. Which we've oh, seen this before, yeah. right? Yeah, this I is see not, see not a that's such a hard scene to watch. Yeah. Where they show his feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we showed yeah. show this movie here at this library in 2011. You just showed it recently yeah. too. I just did, yeah, this month. Um, this month. And oh, so when I showed it, when we got to the final scene, there was someone who was hands and knees on the floor, weeping, could not handle that last scene, like just full on. And it was like, holy crap! Um, how did people like it this time? You know, not a lot of people showed up for it. it was it was a noon thing, and it was a really nice day. Out, one of yeah. the first nice days that happened.
0: yeah, and um, but everybody um
1: that was there, I mean, it was they were so it was a, usually they're talking and everything yeah, when they, they leave and everything yeah, they were quiet. It was very, very quiet. and, um, and uh, they came in, they came in after, uh, I mean, they came up to me after the movie was over. And basically, all they said was "thank you" yeah. for showing. Me. Well, this is it. It's going to be relevant forever. <laughs> it is. It is going to be relevant. And for those of you, my office mate Andrea, who was on the last episode, just came into the office. So she strolled in. I would she say. strolled in for these last few moments of the podcast. Now Maybe. she's trying to be quiet. No, no, give us a out. <laughs> Hi, mom. <laughs> we love so bagels. Yeah, that's what we're eating today is bagels. But yeah. Um... one's going to get her. Our... <laughs> okay, that's the third one I have to believe. Okay. And fourth. Okay. Boy, I'm going to have to listen real. think you dropped the F1. Okay, that's <laughs> yeah. true. Not yet. Not yet. We are not done yet. So, so anyways, uh-huh. let's, is there anything else we want to say? I just I think like Spike Cap just like the tension of the day building, and then mm-hmm. you just stuff like where like the dude smudge bugging out, shoot, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and he, and he's got a Larry Bird jersey <laughs> on. And like, just all these it's all these little things. We would be remiss if we didn't mention the three dudes sitting in the lawn oh, chairs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, that was ML, Coconut Sid, and mm-hmm. Big Dick Willie. <laughs> I don't know so, if that. Sweet, Sweet Dick, Dick Willie. Willie. Well, Dick, you know, Richard. Richard, his that's his name, yes. Sweet Richard Willie. Thank On the fire hydrant scene, too, and all the kids are, like, playing in the water. Oh, that did so much to like carry because it's kind of like halfway through the movie and you're mm-hmm. like, it is still hot. Like mm-hmm. actually, that just shows how hot it was. Like it's they actually getting broke, hotter. Yeah. And they broke the fire, fire hydrant yeah. open just to yeah. play. Yeah. Oh and then you have um the car getting sold. Yep. Uh what's his face? Um who ended up playing Billy Bats in Goodfellas and Goodfellas and Oh, was, Um oh gosh, I can't really famous Italian mobster actor. Yeah. Um Frank Vincent. Um, you know, with the car, they were like, Oh, dude, Mark Lawrence and that whole crew were so great. Yeah. Where it's just like, No, go on. No, no, rain was great. No, no, no. We're going to do it. We're yeah. going to do it. Don't you Don't do, gonna it. do it? <laughs> um, just like the shenanigans that would happen on yeah. just like a street yeah. somewhere. I mean, or... you really feel like you are in a neighborhood, a <laughs> real neighborhood where people are living next to each other, on top yeah. of each other. Yeah. And it's just no air, no airflow. No, okay. This movie makes you hot, just the that's what I was saying. Like, yeah. this is, I like the best movies can do that, but mm-hmm. this is my favorite example. Yeah, just um, yeah, the three dudes and they are sitting across from the Korean, you know, and they're racist to the Korean, and they yeah. are and they are and they're just resentful. And they're like, you know, they've come here and they just got here and they built business and a good business. And one day we're gonna have to build a business, and they're all old anyway. They're all sitting there. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> this is what they're doing every single day. It's, it's so fun, funny because I mean, literally,
0: when you watch the movie, and I when I watched it this past time, I just realized that
1: everybody has racist moments, and mm-hmm. you know, yes. uh, I mean, almost all of them. All of the characters say something that's inflammatory against another group of people. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's 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 a movie that really is not dated. And we'll never be dated. No, because I think it was was dated. Wow! I I wish you could say that. Maybe a hundred years down the road, we might be able to get there. uh, Personally, in our lifetimes? in our lifetime, no, we're never. It's not going to happen. But people have to understand that, like you know, you like, like we have to start with ourselves. Like Mm -hmm. yeah, like you were talking about Sal. Like Sal. 100% 100% doesn't believe he's racist right I think John Sturrow's character knows he's racist doesn't care right you know um the son but like I think Sal thinks like you know I'm do. you know I'm, I'm I'm staying in the neighborhood I like these kids they come in people yeah And that's a great scene too because when John Sturrow's like let's get out of here it's just like it means a lot to me to feed these you know them mm-hmm no, but he's still saying like these people and these still, people, like yeah. It's the microaggressions, yeah. a yeah, little stings the whole movie, mm-hmm. you know. And, and then, and then when Radio Rahim comes in with his thing at the with yeah. his music yeah. at the end is when you see the full. Basically, it just comes out, yeah. and um, and and Sal says some pretty terrible, terrible things. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's just it's an incredibly powerful movie. You know, um, more powerful than driving Miss Daisy. Um, <laughs> Bennett shaking his head. Well, do you remember watching Driving Miss Daisy growing up? Because my mom did enjoy it. And I'm like, why are we watching this? <laughs> you know, when I saw it as a kid. Because I remember, you know, mm-hmm. it was a really big movie. Mm-hmm. It was a huge movie. Jessica Tandy. She's like, you know, all this, whatever. Um, well, you know, that was a career thing for Jessica Tandy. Yeah, but um. I'm glad, I'm glad, this is terrible, but I'm glad Morgan Freeman didn't win the Oscar for Best Actor for that movie. No, he won that year? Oh, gosh. Um, Um, Hmm, here we go. Well, isn't it Daniel Day-Lewis from My Left Foot? Daniel Day-Lewis from My Left Foot. Which is. another, yeah. So anyway, all right, so that is Do the Right Thing. Let's do some bagels here. Five bagels. Five bagels for Amanda. Five bagels. Five bagels, it's right up there with the Godfather for me. So five bagels, Oh, it's an excellent movie. Five bagels. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she's even seen it, but I, I, I Oh, you've it. seen it. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> all right. So well one of these times maybe we're gonna have to invite Andrea on because she's a very sheltered mm. movie person too. Maybe maybe we can find five movies that I and Andrea have not seen before. <laughs> <laughs> See, you have a kid you know how it is we haven't seen probably half of them from the last 10 years yeah, so i mean it's just uh so yeah maybe we're gonna have to make that happen so but i guess that the next movie podcast is going to be about lasso which lasso, lasso sorry i haven't i have not watched this series oh, at all so oh i God. know but there's three oh, yeah, yeah but they're like the episodes are short they're short the first season they're like half hour yeah so you right. know. there's only like 10 episodes the first two seasons okay all right they, once you start watching you are they've been talking to me about this show since we started doing this podcast yes. and i was like I I up, we're bringing the question <laughs> we don't oh you want to bring the question oh, yeah. yes. Okay. yes yes we're gonna sit down we're gonna like think this all right. out all right all right <laughs> Well, there you have it, our uh, responses to um, these movies and um, movies that Ben and I have not talked about before with Amanda, but we're happy with her responses. You know what? I think overall, Marty, we did pretty good. Well, there we go. So anyway, um, so that's that's uh, our ratings of these movies from uh, Amanda Pierce from the team services and Ben Sargent from tech services on some of the greatest movies ever made that Amanda, up until this point, has never seen. But I
0: can't let you pull out of the nerd drive-in just yet. Um, we need to do one more thing. We have to talk about books that have been keeping us up at night and distracting us during the day.
1: It's a little thing on the podcast we call...
0: Off the Shelf.
1: All right, guys. So what have you been reading recently that you like? first. Uh, oh, go first. Okay. Um, I'm rereading a book. Okay. Uh, it's a great book. It's called All the Pieces Matter. It's an oral history of the greatest television show of all time, The Wire, mm-hmm. um, because I'm re-watching The Wire, you know, a whole re-watching okay. it. Um, and I want to read this book. This book is amazing. Um, I don't know. Have you seen The Wire? I, I'm i ashamed to say I've never watched The Wire. That's one of the guys from The Wire. I told you yeah. that. Um, <laughs> Marty. I, I know. You know that it's great. I know that it's great. I've heard that it's great. And everybody is, I mean, everybody that I know is it's one of the best shows ever. It's, it is. It can't be topped. It It cannot be topped. I, I have to ask you, if if you were to say Breaking Bad versus The is It's not way? even close. Really? It's not close even The layer. Well, I, I think like to Breaking Bad, you got to remember, it's hard to compare those because Breaking Bad was on cable. Mm-hmm. You know, these you know and the other side wire was on hbo um breaking bad is like an all-timer show but i don't put breaking bad in the same category as no the wire or sopranos um and the wire just like when it when it was out it was just under the radar no one cared about it because it was on the same time Soprano was on. Mm-hmm. um but the wire is better written it's it's the best show of all time mm. it can't I don't know what else to say. Like everyone who set, watches it knows. And and this book talks about that. Yeah, it's like the whole oral, oral history of like wow. um because the city of Baltimore, it's where it takes place, is like a real live character in the show. And mm-hmm. so many of the people are from Baltimore. They weren't even like actors. Um, because the two people who created it, um one was a Baltimore um police officer and the other one um Was a teacher and wrote for the Baltimore Sun. Okay, you know they, yeah. Anyways, the wire. This book, I'm just rereading it because I'm like, yeah, I want to get those stories. And what's the title? in all the pieces matter. matter. The pieces matter. Uh, We get the author author because we want to credit people. Yes. Um. Here we uh, go. Jonathan Abrams. Jonathan Abrams. All the pieces matter. All right. So that's Ben's. Um. Ben's choice here. What do you have, Amanda? Maybe my choice last week, because someone hasn't been reading. Oh, wow. Um, oh, yeah. no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw back to Grady Hendrix. Okay, um, Grady Hendrix. How to Sell a Haunted House. How to Sell a Haunted House. That one was really entertaining. I read it when we were camping over uh, Memorial Day weekend. And we sat down outside in the hammock and started reading, took a break for dinner, and then just finished it that night. So I'm like, yeah, I need to know how this thing ends. <laughs> okay. Um, it's about a brother... And the sister, the sister moves clear across the country um, to get away from the family. But mm-hmm. then, like, the dad dies. So she's got to go. She doesn't even know. The dad and the mom die. Mm-hmm. So she's got to go all the way but She doesn't even know that they die until the brother calls her. And then she calls the aunt to see if it's true. Mm-hmm. And um, she goes back. And her mom made puppets. Oh, yeah. I remember you telling me so the, mom, the mom makes puppets. And... Let's just say there was this one little puppet who was super creepy and not only she had this connection with the puppet, the brother did and they had completely. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Believe it right there. Just leave it right there. I don't know if I could watch a movie of this. Yeah. Because the puppet and the puppet world is blue sleet reminds me of like winnie the pooh because <laughs> they have their own like little like the kids go to the little make-believe mm-hmm. ah so great grady hendrix who i mean has written so many good books, books. Really, I mean, really popular um in fact my best friend's exorcism i think that we talked we about did talk about that one in this, so anyway i'm really glad though in that book in that movie they left out the animal scenes in my best friend's exorcism because yeah. the animal scene in the book destroyed it's a it's a really great movie well not a great movie but the book was really the book was really good the movie was fine it was was fun to watch yeah it was was nothing no so i will throw this out i'm right now in the middle of margaret atwood's uh, uh uh um end of the world series um i'm in the second book called the year of the flood by margaret atwood um that's Orts and Craig. it's it's a good, it's a good story. I sort of love dystopian literature. so this is this is my thing. and it's um it carrot picks up where Orts and Craig left off, and the world is sort of
0: um been decimated by uh, a virus. And now everything is
1: sort of falling apart.
0: and um,
1: like the, rich, the, r- the rich are um living on these compounds where they have everything like money and food and everything like that. Where everybody else lives in the quote-unquote plebe lands,
0: um, where
1: they're where they're just struggling, and there's cults in the plebe lands, and all kinds of weird stuff goes on. But um, you
0: know, um, it's it's a it's a good
1: series. Um, I don't know. I I haven't gotten to the third one, so I don't know how it's going to end. I'm assuming the world's going to fall apart and just uh, die. Everybody's going to be dead at the end. That's but you never
0: know. So it's the Year of the Flood by Margaret Atwood. So
1: there you go. There you have it. Some recommendations from Amanda and Ben of books that you should pick up
0: off the shelf.
1: And we have come to the end of this Movies Amanda Should Watch Roundtable. Of Library Nerds with Words. Uh, this is part one, by the way. Um, I wanna thank Amanda Pierce from the Teen Zone, Ben
0: Sargent from Tech Services, and my office mate, Andrea Marsh, for joining us today. Um, never fear, fellow library nerds, Ben and Amanda and I are already planning our next movie roundtable, which
1: is gonna be Ted Lasso. Okay. Lasso. 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 There you go. Lasso. Jason Sedakis. Okay. okay. <laughs> and- <laughs> So been, our favorite Roy, Roy Kent and Rebecca, a billion bucks. Yeah, a billion bucks, wow. Rebecca. Okay, well. You don't know what I right? I have no idea. They get together when they get together and they start talking about it. I just kind of stand there and go, we're like, have Okay. To Roy Kent mug in it, <laughs> and we are gonna have. There's two chants that we're gonna have to do, and you're gonna have to bleep the one. I'm oh, so okay. sorry. Okay, don't even do, don't even go there. I'm already gonna be searching for all the bleeps I got to do in this one. So. Well, oh, you get to sing about Jamie Tate. I have no... See, most of you have probably... I, this is probably like The Godfather with me, where everybody else
0: is watching
1: the show. It's one of those, like, really good, feel-good shows. You can't not like I've it. Heard great it's you know, well, I've, heard I've heard great you things, you know? I've heard great things. What's watch the real-life one, you just go watch Welcome to Rexham, and then you have a real-life, like...
0: Uh Well, I've heard the one thing that I've heard is that the Christmas episode,
1: I think it's from the first season. (laughs) The second season second season I've I've heard that it's fantastic. Oh, the Christmas episode? So So, all right. come back next week when I will be joined by everyone's favorite, one of everyone's favorite library nerds, Lynette Succo, Assistant Head of Adult Services. I don't know what she's going to be talking about, but she always comes in with a really interesting topic. So until that time, everyone, stay
0: nerdy. Thank you for listening to Library Nerds with Words, Peter White Public Library's weekly podcast, giving you the word on what's cool at the library. The theme for the podcast is Happy Clappy by John Bartman, used courtesy of Pixabay. This episode was written and produced by Martin Nackets and sponsored by Peter White Public Library. Until next week, pick up a good book, listen to some good music, watch a good movie, attend a great event. And remember, library nerds are the coolest people around.